0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: As we go out to our premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline, I guess I need to offer some sort of sympathy to A.J. <laughs> Cassaville. I didn't even realize a Brooklyn Nets fan, A.J. Cassaville, and now no Kyrie, no KD either after the trade last night with the uh, the Phoenix Suns.
1: Yeah, you know what? In some way, it's... Uh... It's a blessing in disguise. I can just go back to being a Nets fan, like I've been the rest of my adult life, which is, which is them giving me entertainment. November, December, January, and then getting me to baseball season. And at that point, they're already toast. So that's that's where we are, and and we're back to the same old Nets.
2: You don't have to worry about like expectations, missing some, some games in June. You know, oh no, I've got to I've got to cover the Padres, right. and my team is in the NBA Finals right now.
1: Yeah, actually the uh I think it was it was game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals in twenty twenty one was the weekend the uh the Padres packed Petco Park again. And that game I sat in the top corner of the press box and I had the game on D V R. So I covered the game from the top corner of the press box and no only bothered me so that I could make it home to watch the whole game on D V R. And that was of course the game where Kevin Durant's toe was on the line and I don't know what might have changed had had his toe not been on the line. But I don't, I don't want to think about that at this point. Let's think uh, Let's think. rosier thoughts like Padre Spring Training.
0: Well, yeah, and, and you know, it's almost like, uh, conversely, this is how many Padre fans felt for many years, AJ, of, hey, yeah. it's great. Uh, beautiful city, beautiful ballpark, great food. You got all the uh, entertainment options I want out there. And uh, I've been hearing a lot about these young prospects, and I'll give them a look uh, a few times a year. Much different, much different. Season tickets are now capped. Uh, they said forty eight thousand at FanFest felt more like eighty eight thousand at FanFest. Fever pitch for this team, baseball mecca, the whole thing. Expectations very, very high for this team, and that's a whole new problem for Padre fans.
1: Yeah, and rightly so. They should be high. That's what happens when you have when you have superstars like this. And I, I'll put a put a wrap on on the next talk by saying I hope it ends differently, and I think it has a very good chance of ending differently because I think this team is, has a. a maybe more stable kind of foundation in place, but the expectations in in this city should be as high as probably they've ever been going into a season because that's not to say this team isn't flawed. That's not to say there aren't issues to address and and some things that need to break right for everything to happen for the Padres this season. But this is, this is as low to the lineup as they've ever had. This is uh, the, the high end pitching they've got. I mean, there's, there's legit reason for this to be the most, Anticipated season in Padres history.
2: AJ, one of your uh, your preview items in your newsletter was titled "Positional Puzzle," and we've certainly talked about it as well. Where is everybody going to play, especially after the acquisition of Xander Bogarts? Now, I think the, the kind of we've all settled on the obvious lineup for the Padres: Jake Cronenworth at first, Hassan Kim at second, Xander Bogarts at short, Manny Machado at third, Fernando Tetis Jr. and right, Juan Soto in left, Trent Grisham in center. Nola behind the plate. That's your, that's your expected lineup. And then you go with Carpenter or Cruz as a DH. What do you think are the other realistic though? Possibilities, not just for like a a day off lineup here or there, but could there possibly be a, a completely different scenario that we're not thinking of right now?
1: I think there are a few scenarios. If certain guys really hit and kind of prove that they belong in the lineup every day, Like Nelson Cruz comes to mind. If, if, if his vision's repaired after that surgery and if he kind of proves that he's not just a platoon guy, you want him in your lineup every day because he's hitting at DH, well then you kind of find a spot for Matt Carpenter. And how does that have a ripple effect? There's other iterations of this where I, I don't know if, if you're facing the tough left-hander is Trent Grisham is in Trent Grisham is kind of struggling the way he did for, for stretching with last season. Do you want him in the lineup against lefties? And if not, who's playing center? Is it Fernando Tatis Jr.? So, You can kind of go one through nine with these are the this is what it looks like right now. Now that we've kind of got confirmation from Juan Soto that he's he's content to make that switch from right field to left field, which I don't think was ever going to be an issue. But he said so on on Saturday, I think we kind of know the projected positions and where guys are going to be playing. But what we don't know is how often they'll be shifting around and who exactly will be shifting where.
0: Uh, talking to our pal AJ Casavell uh, here on Bed and Woods this morning. And yesterday, the Potteries announced their non-roster invites to uh, to, to big league camp. And of course, there's some names on there that you'll you'll recognize. You know, Daniel Camarena is one. Craig Stammen, uh, one that you'll recognize. Jackson Merrill. I, I, I've always I like this move. Just get him up, get him around those guys. You know, learning more every day about how to be a big leaguer. It's not going to make the club out of spring training. I can assure everybody out there. Um, that said, anybody else that you look at and go, "Man, I'm I'm excited about them," cautiously and and maybe AJ Preller and the Padres are as well.
1: Well, I think the Merrill one's interesting this, this spring, because I know a lot of people are excited about, um, like he, he is just going to come up and kind of get a taste of what it's like, but it's not going to be like in years past In years past. He's coming in in the sixth inning and playing three innings at the end of the game. This year, you're starting second baseman shortstop and third baseman are all going off to the world baseball classic. So I suspect he will get extended playing time in spring training, which is probably only good for his development. Um, for me the kind of interesting non-roster invite, uh, I, I just think that with Fernando Tatis Jr. out for the first twenty games of the season, the outfield is thin. The bench is thin. The bench could really use a left-handed bat. And if you notice, all five left all five outfielders in the NRI's were lefty-hitting outfielders. So, I'm curious to see if maybe a guy like David Dahl could could win that roster spot. He could be useful off the bench, considering his kind of defensive skill set and the fact that he's a left-handed bat. Um, the outfield, I think, is maybe where if someone's going to break through where that could happen. And then I think we kind of need to see the, the health side of things with the pitching staff, but there's always room for NRI relievers to kind of crack into the, into the roster.
0: Well, and I don't know about you guys, but this gets me every off season, the, the workout videos. And I've been following David Dahl and he has been putting in work as you're as expected by every single person that's trying to make a, a big league club. And every year I fall for somebody, somebody gets me and I go, man, i I really like what I'm seeing out of this guy. He, every year, he used, to all, he used to be Austin Hedges. Used to be Austin Hedges. Oh, he's figured it out. Yeah, yeah. We all know all you're on the
2: Adrian Morahone bandwagon. Oh, I've never seen him at Fantasy Camp? Oh, well, too. I'll tell you,
0: the bandwagons that I'm riding hard right now. Michelle Baez. I watched him throw a pen out at Fantasy Camp. AJ. I mean, it was like it was so dirty. You couldn't even see the balls that left his hand. and He hit the same spot every time, just down below the knees. Perfect, perfect pitches. Uh, he looks strong and healthy. More at home looks phenomenal. Uh, and, and of course, David Dahl, watching him every day. I'm 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 falling into that trap again <laughs> going, if he could turn it. It happens, though. It happens every year. You, a, a team will hit on a guy that is like, you know what? I, this is my last shot. I'm going to bust my yeah, tail. Yeah, is
2: ready to trade Juan Soto, not because they can't re <laughs> him. We have David because Dahl they already have David Dahl. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you need Juan Soto? You got me again. Yeah, I think it,
1: it I mean – they don't need David Dahl to be what Matt Carpenter was last season. They no. just need David Dahl to be a useful 26th player, and if so, then you got it. Then you got a piece basically for free on the NRI list. So I think it's it's fair to have that excitement. That is exactly what February what is February ninth. That's what February ninth is for.
2: Speaking of non-roster invitees, I think it might have been the very first move the Padres at least was reported on during the offseason, season. Uh, Julio Tehran uh, as a non-roster invitee and I think a lot of baseball fans remember him as, as being pretty good a few years ago with the Atlanta Braves. Have we heard anything about kind of what what the expectations are and where he is after obviously not not performing very well or at all on the big league level for the last two or three years?
1: Yeah, we haven't heard much kind of lately other than the, the performance struggles. I think we'll learn more a little bit in spring. But he's just kind of what what I think the Padres are trying to do with all these all – these triple a kind of options and you kind of hope one of them hits because they've built themselves this this rotation that is top heavy a little thin a little thin otherwise obviously strong at the top with the guys with the, with the big names that you you you've put at the front of that group but guys like julio terran wilmer font and then some 40 man guys uh competing for what could be that number six spot that's if I'm just talking like roster competition, who falls into like what is the most fascinating watch in camp? I think it's whether any of those guys justifies Avery Morihan being in that group too. Whether any of those guys justifies the Padres carrying a number six spot because that's what they want to do, but they're not going to do it unless unless they have the guy to do it. They don't want to they don't want to burden themselves by. Setting themselves up to lose every six days, or asking their bullpen to cover a lot of innings every six days. But I think they would really hope that one of those guys jumps out during spring training and and seizes that number six spot. Or it's always possible we see a move like like they did at the end of camp last season to acquire Sean Mania.
0: Talking to our pal AJ Casavell here on Ben and Woods this morning, and you know you were going through Ben was going through the the hey this is what we're all kind of expecting. It, it kind of jumped out at me. Yes, Jake Cronenworth has played some first base. Yes, Hassan Kim has played some second base. Uh, Juan Soto is an outfielder. He's going to move over to left. Yes, Fernando Tatis Jr. has played some right field. That's four guys, though, that are four out of, out of you know, essentially eight, um, not counting the starting pitcher. Four out of eight guys are essentially making position changes, right? I mean, like full-time... Uh, if everything on paper now on paper, you look at it and go, yeah, no problem. They're all athletic enough. They can do it. They've done it enough. Any concern there uh, in your opinion about, you know, half of half of your position players playing new positions every day?
1: I don't think so. Just because of, of the like you look, you go one by one and kind of what each of those means. Like Hassan Kim is going to be fine at second base. He's an unbelievable shortstop and he's already proven that he can be really good at second base. Same holds true for Jake Cronenworth at the first. Juan Soto, if we're looking at his skill set, might be better suited for left field at Petco Park, given that, I mean, right field spacious and Fernando Tatis Jr.'s range and his arm probably slot better in there. And then, I mean, Tatis is the interesting one. We all kind of, there's there's not a concern there. I think he'll be a perfectly serviceable right fielder if that's where he ends up. But the, I guess the question would be, he, he could be better than a serviceable right fielder. and And does he kind of make that leap with his athleticism, with his skill set, to to being an elite defensive outfielder, which I think everyone in the organization thinks he can be given who he is and what he can do on a baseball field. Um, that'll take, that'll take work and that'll take time. And uh, if everything goes right, maybe, maybe by midseason he is that kind of player in the outfield. It doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. I think everyone just says, Hey, you can play right field. I mean, like there's a lot of work that goes into it behind the scenes, but if anyone can, can make those adjustments and is athletic enough to learn. It's Fernando it's Tatis Jr.
2: When it comes to Tatis, is there anything that, any feeling, anything you kind of glean beyond the the kind of the obvious takeaways from his, his FanFest appearance and, and what he had to say in terms of his health and recovery. And, you know, I'm going to ask the manager uh, before I talk about my position, but just as the sense of someone who's covered him AJ for a few years now, what did you kind of get from that day at FanFest on Saturday?
1: I think I got the sense that he's just kind of really, really comfortable in San Diego, and and appreciates the the support that he's gotten, and and I, I mean he's 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 owned up to to what happened. He's kind of I, I think doing his best to to keep the focus moving forward, and the fact that he's he's here and his teammates have have seemingly embraced him from everything they've they've said. I think all the comments coming out from his teammates were as important as anything that Tatis said. Um, I would just say that he, he seems comfortable here and, and gracious and grateful for the support um, and also kind of understands that he doesn't know what to expect this season. There's going to be hostile crowds. There's going to be like different environments that, that aren't what they were before when he was kind of the face of baseball, and uh, it, it's going to be different this year. And, and to me, I think just maybe his graciousness for the fact that he has that support in the home clubhouse and the home ballpark was, was what jumped off the page to me.
2: AJ, uh, great little preview. We're looking forward to seeing you out in Peoria. We'll be there in a couple of weeks. I'm sure you're getting there much, much sooner than that. So safe travels and uh, safe month, and uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks when we're out there.
1: Yeah, thanks, guys. We'll see you there. All right, about
2: AJ Castleville and our Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall. Chevrolet Find New Roads.